Why do you think you'll be bad at talking about dating? I was thinking about when I say things like, oh, you know, I've had like successful relationships or like long-term relationships. Like the way that I talk about my relationships is, is usually pretty positive. But I think it's because I've either been given closure or I've given myself closure on them. But like they're not long, like they haven't turned to like successful like like long-term marriages you know like mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not in one of those right now i think my longest was like seven years including dating and but you also haven't done a lot of like serial dating where you're just going out on like dates, i've done that dates, too dates, dates, dates. yeah i've done that too yeah i've done like everything i think you'd be the perfect person to talk about this then <laughs> you, have, you have so much experience yeah <laughs> i'm ready to retire <laughs> I've had where you meet a person online, you text all day, you think you're setting yourself up for a great date, and then all of a sudden you meet, and there's no physical chemistry. After you've met with somebody, you've gotten over that horribly awkward asking for the date thing, and he or she has responded, yes, let's meet. Where do you go from there? Dinner? A movie? A concert? Are these appropriate first date venues? I always go for coffee or drinks. Yes, agreed. Because One drink. That's all you should be committing to on a first date. Correct. Yes. Coffee for... There's, there are people who don't drink. Mm-hmm. So coffee for, for situations like that. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've had coffee with people who do drink, but... I just wasn't, you know, in the mood to go out and have, you know, a couple glasses or whatever. So when you're not sober, you know, your judgment's a little off. So just, you know, on a case by case basis, I would say be aware that if you have coffee, you'll be more alert. And if you have drinks, you will not. Um, So that's something that you have to kind of gauge for yourself. Yeah. And I like the one drink thing because... It also gives you a chance to learn something else about that person. So if you do go to a bar, it's, well, are you a beer, a wine, a cocktail, mm-hmm. whiskey? You know, it gives you something else to talk about right off the bat, too. What if they do shots? You, you turn around and you I would leave. leave. Yeah, yeah, I would leave. No, you don't want to date that person. <laughs> no. If you, showed, if you showed up to a date and the guy was like, all right, I'm going to have a Jaeger bomb. <laughs> that's like an immediate physical unmatch right you just oh, walk out a physical unmatch uh-huh. wow like, i can't i can't you just even. walk out yeah i think you have to well, like i guess for the first date i would want to have it just for drinks so that i could leave sooner if i felt i needed to breweries i feel like that's huge here in new mexico so while small local breweries are a good place to meet up for just like a drink um without like the commitment of dinner coffee I've done some full-on dinner dates, and those, I feel like, are never really a good idea, just because you're, like, committed to sitting there for an entire meal with somebody. (laughs) I had a friend who, we're talking about dating, and he's like, yeah, I had to give it up. It was costing too much money. I was like, what are you spending so much money on? Mm -hmm. He's going, well, you know, you got to take them out to, like, a fancy dinner, and then, like, they didn't want to come home with me, so I just figured it was a waste of money. It's like, first off, these aren't prostitutes. <laughs> you're not paying them for sex. Second, yeah, you're swinging for the fences. Like, I would be mortified if I showed up to a date and the guy was like, all right, I've got you here for the next two and a half hours. Also, you have to make food decisions 
and we're going to try and get a conversation in here amidst the waiter coming by every two minutes. Mm -hmm. And if things don't go well, tough. You're stuck. That's a situation you don't want to be in. One drink. Mm -hmm. Go to a bar. Have a beer. When things are going well, it always turns into more. And there's, you know, go somewhere that has food just in case you get there and you're like, you know what? I could actually go for some appetizers. But I've actually done like the literally one drink thing where it's like, all right, this was fun. It's been 45 minutes and it's been the longest 45 minutes of my life. <laughs> I'm going to shake your hand and I'm going to, I'm going to go. Yeah. Usually happens when I go to River North. Yeah. It's a, kind of an awful, awful environment. God, I hate that place. <laughs> so one drink and then you see where it goes from there. A lot of times it turns into something great where one drink turns into three or four. You mm-hmm. talk for four hours. And I actually prefer on a first date to go out on weeknight because then you're less likely to make those inebriated decisions. There you go. That's the yeah. <laughs> um, because it's like, you, you know, you have to get up for work in the morning. The weekend's just around the corner. So should date two come up, like there it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it works a lot better for me. Do you have any preference on time of the week? If I'm feeling really good about somebody, I'll do oh Friday or Saturday night. It's really hard for me to give my Friday or Saturday to just anybody, you know. If we've talked on the phone and if I feel like we have a real connection and if, you know, inebriated or not, I'm all right with whatever happens, then yeah, Friday or Saturday night. If it's, you know, one drink, one hour, two drinks, two hours, some good conversation, I'm staying in the game, whatever it is, um, I'm just getting to know someone, I have no idea who they are, what they're like. Um, we don't have any friends in common, all of that, then yeah, like a Wednesday or a Thursday uh, is great. Even a Sunday night is actually is actually fine because, you know, you get the scaries and you just kind of want to go out. And... Yeah, I consider Sunday to be like a weeknight thing. So yeah. It's for the same reason that you have that thing you have to be at the next morning. Yeah, I like Sunday night dates actually because they end early. And, you know, I like to go to bed at 9.30. And I feel like everyone's a little more relaxed than they are midweek. Midweek, things are kind of stressful. And people can't always stick to their commitments on a Wednesday or Thursday. So, yeah, I think that's a great idea for a first date is just to commit to, like, one or two drinks and, um, you know, like a local place. I, w- I would say someplace quiet where you can actually get to know somebody. Local wine bar, someplace that's close to, you know... One of you halfway between whatever. Especially and, if you live in a big city. Yeah. Like not everyone drives and it, even people that do, it's it's kind of inconvenient depending on what neighborhood you're going to. Mm-hmm. I always offer to go to her. So it's like our you know, what neighborhood do you live in? Yeah. Do you have any any restaurants or bars that you recommend in the neighborhood? Mm-hmm. And then if so, we're meeting there. If we both work downtown, it's easy to like do a happy hour thing and mm-hmm. then go from there. That's like perfect. And then there's people like you (laughs) that have a bar and have a whole first date thing that you do, you know, which is actually kind of brilliant. It was kind of down to the dress too, but that was just for research purposes. So yeah, I have this one place that's very, very close to where I live and it's, you know, it's one of the nicest places in the area and it's, you know, it's very hip. So I seem very hip, which is like. Yes, deceiving, but whatever, it's fine. And I know everyone who works there. I know the, you know, bartenders and one of the partners who's, you know, there often. And so, you know, they keep an eye on me and on my drink and 
Um, I, you know, I feel very safe there. The owner usually comes by and says hi. His stature can be a little much for people, so it's always a little, you know, check <laughs> for my date. It makes me feel very comfortable. And if I decide that I would like something more to happen, my apartment is just around the corner. There you go. So it's very close. I think there's something that happens when we leave that kind of informs them of how interested I am in them. Because if I'm like, I'm just going to go and they, and I don't want them to walk me home. There was like two blocks. Um, that kind of shows that I'm like, not that interested. They always offer to walk me home. And if I accept that offer and you know, then it's kind of just up to me. Mm -hmm. Um, which is fine, which is great. So yes, I have a system. This is just part of my personality. It ends up working out pretty well. And I know that certainly I don't have to worry about, you know, safety, uh, which is a huge concern for all women, despite what they say. At least I don't have to worry about getting murdered. You should always be worried about getting murdered. Yeah. I mean, death is just around the corner. It really is. <laughs> Have you seen Abducted in Plain Sight? No, but everyone's obsessed with crime dramas according to dating profiles. Everyone just wants to sit around and watch crime dramas. You gotta watch Criminal Minds. You'll never be the same. I, I like being the same. <laughs> in the past 20 years, guys have got this horrible stereotype with online dating that, you know, way too many girls watch crime dramas. That They watch Making a Murderer. You know, they watch all these serial killer videos on Netflix. And they just think every single guy on a dating app is a serial killer. And it's bullshit. It does astonish me how many men think, like, a first date, like, at their home is an appropriate thing to suggest. Because i got to tell you, like, some guy out, like, we had started chatting and he was, like, making soup. And, it, like, I was like, oh, sounds nice. Like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, why don't you come over for soup? So what I hear is, why don't you come over for some murder? But then they'll, like, act offended and, like, you're crazy to be like, oh, you know, I'm actually not comfortable going to someone's home that quickly. Like, I would prefer a more public meeting. Um, I get a lot of that. And, like, oh, but I'm a nice guy. Okay, cool. That's, that's great. I don't know that. Speaking of the walking home thing, mm -hmm. how much of a role does chivalry play in dating? Are girls still looking for guys to do those traditional things like hold the door for them, walk them home, pull their chair out for them. Like, are these things that women in 2019 are still looking for in dates or is that almost more of like a sexist thing? I think that's really subjective and I think it's a point of frustration for a lot of people. I have never been offended by someone opening the door for me, but I also open the door for anybody who's behind me. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I have no expectation that someone will open a door. I don't need someone to pull a chair. Usually the waiter's pulling the chair out, right? It's does not it, But does guy. it endear the guy to you if if he does it for you? Cuz I always feel weird too, like especially with the door thing. Like you walk into a place, the the lady usually walks in front of you and then to open the door, she either has to stop and wait for you to come around her or you're like pushing her out of the way to be a gentleman to open the door. Yeah, I mean, don't smack me in the back of the head trying to reach for the door. I mean, I've dated men who are like much taller than me and they just reach over me to open the door. And even then it's a little weird because you're like, what is this giant limb coming out <laughs> from over my head? Swing that door open. It's just a door. I think it has a lot to do with 
where you were raised, how you were raised, where you still live. I think it's okay to say like, listen, I'm a really chivalrous guy. This kind of stuff makes me feel good in a relationship. Is that okay with you? Or to say, I'm a traditional girl and I really, I believe in chivalry and I love it when you open the door for me. It makes me feel taken care of. I like it when you pull out the chair or do this or do that or, you know, walk on the street side on the sidewalk and, you know, this and that. That's fine. I think I think it's okay to be on either side, but the issue is when you don't communicate it, it might it doesn't necessarily get interpreted the right way. And that's just the luck of the draw, you know. You can't really predict how how someone's going to take that necessarily. You can make lots of judgments based on their profile. Sure, if they look like they're a pretty kept woman, she probably likes it. The more shit you do, the more she, the less she has to do, right? <laughs> so she's fine. Or, you know, if he seems like a really traditional guy, if you wait there for that door to open, it might blow his mind. Like she sees me as a, you know, a masculine figure in her life, like that's great. It might really turn him on. We don't know. But you have to learn that about your partner and if you learn that, you know, they're offended by this or that they like this and you don't like that or whatever, that's just part of the process of you getting to know them and their values, right? Because it just comes down to values at the end of the day. So I think as, and I, I think I say this like every episode, just do whatever you normally do, whatever you're comfortable with, because you're not going to be able to sustain any behavior that you're doing just to please somebody else. That kind of thing is on occasion. It's your birthday. So we're going to go watch that awful movie that you like or whatever it is, right? We're gonna go to that terrible restaurant that I hate, that gives me food poisoning every time, but you love it, right? The thing, the things that we do for other people are special because they're on occasion. If they're all the time, they're not special and you're just really putting yourself out and you're resenting them and it's horrible for a relationship. So just do whatever you're comfortable with. If you're a guy who's always reaching for the door, Say, let me get that for you, or please let me get that door, whatever it is. Just, I would say, just be open about what you like and what makes you feel either masculine or feminine or, you know, valued or whatever it is you're looking for. I think that we are people, and like women can tell if this is about your view of yourself as a gentleman or if you are just doing a kindness because you're a kind guy. I think it's a good exercise to evaluate like your own motivations for doing that stuff too. Do you want the pat on the back? And if you if you're doing it because you want the pat on the back, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. What about the check? Yeah, this is a big one, and lots of people have lots of opinions about it. Mm-hmm. At baseline, I will always say, you know, communicate about this. Money is always a super touchy subject, but. And on a first date, like, you probably haven't talked about financial situations yet. Yeah. So the first date, I think, oh, man, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. I think on a first date, typically men pay. I would agree. I don't don't know that you're going to get in trouble for that. And I think that if more people sort of went into it knowing that expectation, things would be easier. Because, again, if you stick to the one drink rule... Mm-hmm. And then, you know, things turn into more or whatever. Um, you're not spending $200 on a dinner. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, if you're out there dating, you should be able to afford a $50, $60 bar tab. Well, two drinks is, what, 30 bucks? 35 bucks? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I usually I usually make it to the four or five marks. Well, so, you know. yeah, you got um, your charms though. <laughs> but also, like, I mean, you you should know what each other does for work at that point too. Yeah, and like, if she's an attorney, and you're working part time at Guitar Center, she should pay. She's probably gonna pay. Mm-hmm. She shouldn't be out with you in the first place, depending on what she's looking for. But well, you know, love is love. Uh huh. And likewise, if you if you're a guy that's you know shows up and you're Corvette and you is, go is invite her it's a thing and you go out to like a, a fancy restaurant there's no way she should have to pay for that like you're you're showing like that that's part of the event at that point is you're showing her that you can take care of her so it really depends on the kind of person you are the venue you're going to and just where you guys are at I would say if, if all other things considered you guys are on level playing fields and the check comes, and she pulls out her wallet right away. There's nothing wrong with letting her pay on a first date. Mm-hmm. Really? I, yeah, I've been on plenty of first dates where it's less awkward to just and I've and I've done it both ways. I've I've argued, and the argument doesn't go well. But huh. check comes. I mean, because we are in a world where like people are independent. They're single. That's why they're on these dating apps. They're living alone. They've got jobs. They're sustaining themselves. Mm-hmm. For some people, it feels really good to be able to like pick up their part of the tab. It makes them feel like they're contributing and or... Oh, so splitting the check. Splitting the check. Not, uh, sorry. If I, yeah, splitting the check. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I think that keeps it from being transactional. I would agree with that. Oh, the guy picked up the bill. Oh, shit. What do I owe him now? So I would say when the check comes, guys reach for the bill. Mm-hmm. If she also reaches for the bill and like has her credit card ready, don't fight it. Just let her cover her her half of it. You can object. I've been in situations where they don't object and I would have liked for them to object a little bit. You know, it's just, I think, I don't know. You know, God, this is why it's so touchy because it's such a difficult. It is and it's. It's such a, like if, you know, if a guy pulls up in like a Maserati and then lets me split the check. You raised your eyebrows at Corvette and you pulled out Maserati? Is this a more common car guys are showing up with in 2019? It's just a girl telling a story. Okay. (laughs) No, this didn't happen. Um, I mean this, anyway. So, right. So if, you know, if he's like, oh, I'm, you know, managing partner of this and that and I'm. You know, you're obviously you're you're showing people that you know you're you're wealthy. You've got all the stuff going on, right? If you don't object to someone who's say five or ten years your junior splitting the check with you, it's just inconsistent. Mm-hmm. That part didn't happen, but I'm just saying, had it happened, it would be inconsistent. It'd be weird. Um, I wouldn't have a problem with it necessarily, but. It's, it's, you know, you're very flashy. You're obviously very, you know, you're not exactly frugal. You can't buy me a drink, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you start to kind of think that way. But I think it's important, like you mentioned, to know what people do for a living. But if you're like, hey, let's meet for a first date and you as, you know, a grad student are like, take me to Senda. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Like, what are you doing? Right. You know, you can't, you can't pay for yourself. I've, I've read this and I think that this is a good rule to live by is any date that you go on, be prepared to cover your share. 
So if someplace is too expensive, say, um, you know, I'm a barista, that is way out of my price range. That's a special occasion kind of place for me. And if they're like, don't worry, it's on me, then you're good, mm-hmm. right? But at the end of the day, being open about difficult things is always going to work to your benefit. And if someone is like offended by stuff like that because they can't talk about money or they can't talk about, you know, income inequality or whatever it is, then you're not with the right person. Agreed, yeah. You just saved yourself a whole night where you can sit around and watch Netflix and eat pizza, (laughs) which is always a win, always, (laughs) you know. What you want is so specific to who you're dating that it's kind of hard to put out there, I'm looking for this. And I think that that's where a lot of the disappointment comes from with the, the managing expectations. I think just putting yourself out there and like just talking to another person sometimes is really nice. Honestly, if we don't have anything to talk about on our first date, then we need to go home anyway. If you are someone with, you know, very limited time or looking at kind of, you know, unknown, very irregular periods of time when to go out, I think it's valuable to try and think of, okay, how am I using this time effectively? You know, how am I going to kind of maximize the value you get out of, you know, whatever time you spend with, you know, any strangers or people you like? So what are some of, like, the the good dates you've been on. Do you have any any notable stories to share? Let's go by topic here. Like, good okay. date in terms of conversation, in terms of, like, what? What are we talking about? Oh, uh, it was just a general thing. Uh, a general. Venue. Let's start with venue. Okay. So, picking the place is... Is this just first date? Any date? Let's stick with first date. First date. Okay. Well, you know, I have a system. I will always suggest... Let's go to this place around the corner from my... I won't tell them it's around the corner from my apartment, but I'll say let's go to this place because they have good small plates too in case I get hungry, which I usually do. But if they suggest a restaurant or they're like, pick a place, you name it, we'll go, which has happened a couple of times, then I can pick a place I've always kind of wanted to go. And that's always, you know, that's always really nice um, in terms of venue. Like I haven't had many like activity first dates, but I know that this is a big thing for people like to do an activity together on a first date. Cause you mm-hmm. really get to know each other. Like let's go to like a brew and view at the Vic or something, or like a, a street festival, an art festival, whatever, like all the summertime kinds of things that we do. That's always a good idea. Right. But if you're just picking a restaurant, like, you know, Mama Tara is not bad. <laughs> It'll, It'll put a dent in your wallet, but right, <laughs> it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. yeah, but you know, sometimes like expensive isn't always great. I've been on, actually, this is not a date, but I went out with, um, for like my birthday with my best friend. Uh, we went to Boulevard. It wasn't that good. The decor was gorgeous, but you know, the food, I, I didn't think it was worth it. I actually felt really bad hmm. that she picked up the tab. Yeah. You do bring up a good point, too. I would stick with places that you kind of know mm-hmm. for first dates for that reason. Because if the if the place sucks, you didn't have anything to do with that, but that yeah. reflects on the date. It does. It does. It can make the date bad. Yeah. Totally. Certainly if the service is bad, if the food is bad, it will just work against you. Mm-hmm. Because it brings a lot of negativity into your date. And I do have some other venues. You mentioned the, the Bruin view. Mm-hmm. Movies for first dates are terrible. There's no reason to go to a movie on a first date. That's true, because you're not talking. You're not talking. What's the point? The same with concerts. Yeah. yeah, you guys might both love music. Mm-hmm. 
unless you're going to the concert together where you have time to talk beforehand, or it's the kind of concert that you can like converse during, mm-hmm. concerts aren't great first date venues. I've heard the opposite, actually. Because I think there, there are people who like the idea of trying new things, and that's the thing that excites them. So if this person is willing to try these new things with them, they're really into that. And it makes that person, it reflects well on their date. Even if you only know them through the dating app and text and maybe a phone call, mm-hmm. you're going to go and spend a night in a room in the dark listening to a, probably a great band, but like, what are you getting as a date out of that? Just the fact that they're, they like doing this thing? Listen, I wouldn't do that. I'm not a fan either. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm but sure. But people do it. Again, like everything else, it's all subjective that yeah. some things might work for everybody else. But I'd say as a general rule, they're a little trickier. Yeah, you can make them work, and I'm sure people have had really successful stories from that. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a local bar or coffee house, somewhere, someplace quiet... Um, where you can do an initial introduction where there's not a lot of pressure. The idea is to have the date in a space where there is the least amount of pressure, where if you're uncomfortable, you can very amicably say your goodbyes and move on as quickly as you need to. Mm-hmm. So I had the weirdest first date ever this week, specifically because it was on Valentine's Day which I thought was like a super bold move on his part. And when he said in the lines of like, oh, like I'm available Thursday, I, I, I had to stop and be like, I'm available Thursday too, but I just want to make sure you know that it is Valentine's Day and that this won't be weird. He's like, well, I thought it was a little weird, but like we've talked about it now, so I guess it's not weird anymore. And I'm like, that's, val- that's valid, great. We went on the thing, it was fine. I don't know that it was like super sparky, for me, he seemed to be very interested. I'm going to go, we're going to go out again because I want to see if like, okay, like sometimes it takes a couple dates to like gel with someone, but like I haven't heard from him since Thursday. And I'm kind of, to go from, I dropped him off at the Metro at like 9.15 and by 9.32, he'd asked me for a second date to like not hear from someone for two days. It feels weird, and I'm also kind of like, well, were you interested? I don't, I don't understand. So, we'll, I mean, we'll see, but, yeah, like, that's totally a thing, too, that people just disappear from your orbit. So I would say, like, my best first dates were probably event-based. So there was, or activity-based. So there was one that went on where we went to trivia night at a bar. See, but that's a commitment. That is a commitment, and it turned out to be also, really well. Also, what if they suck at trivia? <laughs> that's kind of what I wanted to figure out, though. So I was like, I can converse with this girl for three hours, uh-huh. and she'd be fine, and then I find out she's an idiot later. Or, we could do trivia together, and I can actually find out. Mm-hmm. And it was great because we were able to weave in a lot of stories amongst the trivia. So, like, she'd recently gone to Scotland, and there were a bunch of questions for whatever reason about Scotland. And so like we got to talk about her trip. And then there were some music questions that like she really didn't know about and I you did. I'd be able to like fill her in. She's like, Oh, okay, mm-hmm. this guy knows a lot about music. So you kinda get a chance to see what each other's strengths are and, and what you know and if you are somebody that cares about how smart somebody is. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, it's not a bad idea for a first, maybe even a second date. 
it's like all right let's let's see what you got because if that person shows up and like you're totally competitive and into it and they're on the phone the whole time yeah that's a, that's a good indicator too yeah, I think in general being on the phone on a date is probably a bad oh, a bad awful. thing. Yeah. But like all like but I think if trivia is not their thing, I can see why they'd be on the phone. Totally. Right. Agreed. But then Agreed. why did they agree? Right? We're all we're getting back to the whole Uh-huh. You know, you gotta agree on a place that communicate ahead everybody, of time. Everybody sure. right. Sure. Communicate ahead of time what you wanna do and what you don't wanna do. Don't agree to a date that you don't wanna go on. Even if you really wanna meet this person or if you just want to stay in the dating game, don't do it. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be, you know, boys are like buses, right? You know that song lyric? No. What's that? <laughs> you know, they come every like 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so so there, will be an, uh, there will be a more low resistance date. Sure. That, sure. will, that will present itself <laughs> probably within 15 minutes. Totally. And I will say too, like, and this really has to do with your personality, but if you can be open to whatever comes along on a date, it usually benefits you. So I did actually go on a concert date once. This was mm-hmm. last summer. And it was somebody that I, like, we didn't have a whole lot of common interests, but it was enough where, like, we were like, all right, let's go out. And she's like, hey, there's this concert. It's free. I kind of wanted to go to it. And my friend bailed on me. I was like, all right, cool, perfect opportunity, let's go. So we actually met up um, like halfway and then took an Uber together to the concert. Had an amazing time. Didn't talk a whole bunch, but like just, it was kind of cool like just being in the same place together and and hanging out. Mm -hmm. And so with that, I was like, well, the concert thing doesn't really work because we didn't get to know each other. Mm -hmm. And now we're gonna go home and like, I don't know if there's gonna be a second date because like, who is this girl? They're just, well, yeah, I, I know nothing about her. So we end up going, she, she lived in the suburbs, so she had to hop on the train. Well, it was late, and it was the weekend, so like the metro doesn't run that frequently. And we hopped in an Uber, and we go to the train station in Chicago, and as we're pulling up, we see the train pulling away. It's like, well, shit. Like, I invited this girl out here, now I have to pay $80 to get her back home in an Uber. And she's like, well, if I'm not on a schedule anyway, is there any, are there any bars around that we can like pop into and maybe grab another drink? So I was like, by the train station downtown on a Saturday? Not really. So we walk and we end up going to this karaoke bar. Um, anyone that's familiar with Chicago, like right by the LaSalle Street station, there's a bar called Brando's that does karaoke on the weekends. So we go in there and like we do karaoke, end up staying until they close the bar. And then we're like, well, we're having such a good time now that we've actually like had a chance to get to know each other. We sang some songs and we're kind of drunk. What else can we do? It's middle of summer. Nothing's open. I was like, let's just walk. Have you been to Millennium Park? She's like, no. I was like, all right, let's go check out Millennium Park. Took her by the bean. We were going to walk over to Maggie Daly Park. Um, ended up not quite getting there because we fell over in the grass and started making out. Mm. Ended up being a much better date than just the concert. <laughs> but it was because, like, we just kind of took each situation as it came. We are like, all right, well, this sucks. How can we make it better? And ended up being a really great night. Hmm. Yeah. I have three things to say in response to that. Oh, geez. I'm going to get <laughs> chastised for this. Go on. Number one. Uh, wow. You are so nice. <laughs> Number two. This is why I only date within an 11-mile radius. Yeah, there's that, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And number three, I actually think that highlights something that's really important in terms of long-term relationships, and that is to deal with unexpected things that happen in life. Because I think I'll say, like, I think I can say that many of my long-term relationships ended up ending because either he or I or both of us couldn't deal with unexpected things happening. So if you do have a date where you kind of play it by ear and you see how someone responds to spontaneity or good things happening or bad things happening or whatever, um, you can probably tell a lot about what kind of partner they would be, Mm -hmm. maybe, right? Like if the restaurant you're trying to go to is closed and if they throw a hissy fit on, you know, Randolph and Halstead, put yourself in the car and go home, right? But if they're like, cool, I know a place that's right here, or, you know, why don't we sit at a bar, sit at this bar that's right in front of our faces and find a new place or what, like, you, or you just... Or more importantly, the, the best thing to come uh-huh. out of that situation is it doesn't matter where we go, I just want to see you. Yeah, right. So, like, you you learn a lot about a person when they're faced with even the smallest kind of adversity. I saw... I re- I think I'm sure everybody has heard this phrase is if you really want to know that the true nature of somebody turn off their internet mm. <laughs> and then you'll see how they cope because it's something that we're so, so dependent on. So if you turned off their internet for a second <laughs> for, you know, an hour or whatever, um, you would see what, what, you know, what they're really, what their, what their coping skills are really like. I would say people mistake chemistry and shared interests as signs of compatibility. You know, if you meet somebody in real life, you kind of, for the most part, you get to know them a little bit, see if you have the chemistry, see if they're single, see if you have friends in common, those types of things. You know, most people can recognize, oh, there's an attractive friend-to-friend around, but you don't necessarily have chemistry with that person. If you were online, you might swipe on them, but not know that you have that chemistry till later. But sometimes I, I do think the bar is higher with online dating because people are expecting not so much for it to grow, but to be swept off their feet. You know, if it's like, oh, if I didn't have this immediate spark, then I know what that feels like. That felt good. So I'm going to go look for someone else. I can feel an immediate spark. And I recommend, it's like, um, unless it's a hell no, give the person two or three dates to figure out if you have compatibility and the opportunity for some chemistry because I do feel like when you are blinded by that sexy stranger, you can really escape under the rug some potential incompatibilities because you have that, oh, I just know it feeling. You know, I try to give myself, if I'm going on dates with people um, and I'm a little unsure, I'm not quite sure, um, you know, where things are going, I try to tell myself, like, to you know, give yourself, like, three dates with someone before, like, you totally rule them out, like, unless Unless something happens on the first date or, you know, you're just really not that interested. So I think early on I was kind of giving, I was going on different dates with different people. And I would see someone probably for about three dates before I was either, like, either going to try to pursue something or just kind of say, hey, like, I just don't think it's fair. I'm not super interested. Um, So I think things have just kind of, like, if they've gone past the three dates, like, you know, that's kind of where it's more of the, like, oh, this is someone I could see myself wanting to, you know, spend more time with, like, rearrange my schedule for a little 
or like that I want to like, you know, spend the day with or, you know, go on more dates with. Assuming that things go well, Mm -hmm. or even if they don't, the date ends, you both go your separate ways. What do you do then? Like, do you want to text as soon as they get home? Do they wait till the next morning? Is there a follow-up date? There's so many questions. That... Have you seen that show, Love, on Netflix? No. It's like a Judd Apatow show. No. It has the girl from Community in it. Anyway, so there's this one part. I think it's my favorite part of the show where she says something like, I'm always happy to hear from you. Text me anytime. And he leaves her house and she immediately gets a text message and it says, you said anytime. That's like the ideal situation, right? Where it's wanted and it's provided. I am not an advocate for like games when it comes to that kind of communication. I think if you like somebody, you don't have to message them that night. You can, you can make your mama proud and have some manners. You can say, you know, thanks for meeting me. I had a wonderful time. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to the next time or whatever, right? But you can be gracious. Uh, you can wait till the next morning and say, you know, I had a great time. I can't wait to see you again. If it really went well, you are on my mind, you know? You've been running, running, you've been running around in my head all night, you know, something, Sorry, right? You so can tired. say something. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, you, you kind of have to go with whatever whatever vibe you got from the date. So, like, don't go, if you really thought she liked you or he liked you and you like them back, don't play the game. If you feel like she's not that into you or he's not that into you, play it cool and just wait. That's, I think, the best advice I've ever been given in an ideal situation. You know, we'd like each other just as much as the other and it would be simple. But I would say avoid the game as much as possible because it doesn't really work. You know, this three day rule is trash. Do you know how many sweat, like right swipes you get in three days? You could be so far back in that queue that like you're gone, right? So that's that's stupid. Do not do that. Mm -hmm. I would say the next day. If the date went well, you message the next day. Before the evening, ideally. But if, you know, if you, whatever job you have, right? If you're busy, then, you know, message in the evening. But I would say within 24 hours. So I usually even go a little bit ahead of that where before the night's over whether we're saying goodnight or just like chatting where the you know the lights are coming out at the bar because it's that good of a, a date mm-hmm. um, I'll usually bring it up in person and say something along the lines of like let's do this again or so where's date two gonna go but see I feel like that's putting someone on the spot that's kind of what I want though because uh-huh. if it's not going well like you can see it in their face where if they're like, well... But then it turns a perfectly good date into an awkward situation. Who cares? I'm not, like, putting the date on a trophy and putting it on a shelf. Like, I'm looking to start a relationship. So if she's not interested in going on a second date after talking for three hours, then I know there's no use pursuing the relationship and I can go back to swiping. That's true. But if she says right away, like, oh, yes, of course then not only do you have something to follow up with the next day where it's like, hey, where are we going? Um, what's your schedule look like? Whatever. Yeah. There, there isn't that um, sort of like area of the unknown. 
like just ask the question and get it answered. Yeah. I think another great way to do it is if you're both kind of, um, if you're both like Ubering home, for example, Mm -hmm. he can say to you, like, can you text me when you get home, please? So I know that you got home safe. And like, no one's going to say no to that. That's crazy. So of course you'll do it. But it also, you know, it's really nice that he wants to make sure that my Uber doesn't murder me. A lot of this is me trying to not get murdered, if you haven't noticed, right? So, yeah. And then, and then, you know, that's, that's a great way to initiate this post-date conversation. And then, you know, say, I got home safe. And then, you know, he says, great, I had a good time, whatever. And then, and then you can start talking about a second date or whatever. (laughs) You're smiling. I am, because that's the part I, like, you worked so hard, especially from like a guy's perspective, you worked so hard to get up the courage to ask for the first date. And Does it really it? take that much courage? Oh my God, yeah. I've yes. done it so many times. It doesn't take any courage. Come on. Oh. I do it out of frustration. <laughs> Shut up. Let's go. No, the, the male ego is fragile. I don't know if we covered this, but it's 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 fragile. But no, like you you've worked up the courage to ask for that first date, and you did it via text, and then you yeah. waited for the right opportunity to ask the question, and then you got the answer, and then <laughs> I don't want to go through that again. Like I'd rather just like I have you face to face. I'm going to ask the question there. I don't want to wait till the next morning. Uh, see, I, I see where the disconnect is. I didn't, I didn't add that when I want the second date, I say, I can't wait to see you again. I make it easy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I tell them where I'm at. I don't just say, thank you. I had a great time. If I want to see them again, I say, I can't wait to see you again. See, that helps. Yeah. And then if there was more that happened, I had a little more in that, you know. See, and this is why we're doing the podcast. <laughs> this, is a, this is a social service that we're providing here. I like that Yeah, no, like you can't, you know, you can't always be playing hard to get, right? It's all about give and take and not necessarily in the tra- transactional way, but more that you have to respect the effort that, that your partner, potential partner, whoever is making. This is a person who's taking time out of your day to come see you. They're potentially paying for your drinks or your meal or whatever. That aside, like, you know, you are getting all dressed up and you're going out to meet them and you're, you know, you want to look pretty for yourself, for the date, whatever it is. Everyone is investing. And so I think you owe it to each other to be honest about what you want. I've been on dates before where I, you know, will have a post-date conversation um, prompted by, you know, an Uber ride or whatever. And, um, and I've had guys say, listen, you know, I had a great time. I don't think we're a good fit, but I'm really glad that we met and I enjoyed getting to know you, which I feel like is really honest and respectful and doesn't waste anyone's time. And they're generally like good dates anyway. You're just getting to know somebody. I love the, like the, you know, within, within like a couple, like an hour or two after the end of the date to like get a message. I love that. <laughs> I love it so much. It's always worked out so well. Well, and in the next episode, we'll talk about how it works out and or doesn't after that first date. Yeah, I mean, eventually it doesn't work out. <laughs> I mean, that's why we're still me. here. Right, that's why we're here. <laughs> um, but sometimes it lasts years. Sometimes it turns into a marriage. It's true. You know? It all starts from that first date. Mm-hmm. It all starts from that first hey. Mm, I love that hair. <laughs> so the client uh, started talking to this guy on like the Bumble or Tinder or whatever dating site, and everything was going good. So they like decided to like meet up. 
She was going to his house. He was going to cook her dinner. But she, like, looked up his house and stuff, and yeah. I was, like, legit. She looked up his house, did all her, like, research to make sure this was a real person or whatever. So, she goes to his house. He cooks dinner. <laughs> They're having meatballs. <laughs> and after dinner, she starts to not feel well. So, she tells him she's going to leave because she's really not feeling well. That's so when he gets kind of pushy because he doesn't want her to go. But she said, like, like they'll hang out again because everything was going well and stuff. So, she ends up leaving, and she was really not feeling well, so she went to the hospital. Like, and that bad, not feeling good. <laughs> the hospital did tests on her, and it turns out she had ate human. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> that was my reaction. <laughs> so, while she's at, like, the hospital, called the police. And so, the police came in and explained, like, what's been happening in the area. And she went to this guy's ho house, which it was an Airbnb. Um, that he, he rents out different ones and he finds these girls and um, he like cooks them dinner and then he kills them and then he feeds them to the next girl. 